This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Brian Murray. Joining me this week, two fantastic human beings, Nick White. Hey. And Kate Lamphere. Hi. So I'm going to ask you the same question that Mike would normally ask you every week. Uh, how have you guys been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Nick. Things have been pretty good. Uh, I realize it seems like my perspective on life these days is largely related to how much black ice is on the sidewalk and how much it may or may not pose a threat to my own uh, life. Uh, but I guess that's sort of the barometer for, for me these days. And, and in that regards, things are going pretty well. What else? Beyond that, I recently started playing Banner Saga again after Xander was kind of encouraging me to do that, which is... um. Oh, I don't know if you've ever played it, but uh, you, you got to make some tough calls in that game, and it basically just a uh, it, it just accentuates my inability to to make decisions uh, or make tough decisions <laughs> very well. So there's that. Um, yeah, beyond that, uh, I I have been doing some reading. I did get around to reading a pretty big stack of single issues that have just been adding up. Uh, especially because due to weather and, and timing and just some coordination issues, uh, I haven't been able, I think just the same as with, with you two, I haven't been able to get out to my shop as much as I normally do. And so things just stack up even further. And then when they get home, it means that those things stack up even further. Uh, so I did manage to try to put a dent in that. Uh, two of these issues that I want to talk about, um, one of them being Quantum and Woody number 12, this was written by Elliot Rahal. It was drawn by Francis Portella, colors by Andrew Dollhouse, letters by Dave Sharp. Uh, I've been sitting on this issue for quite some time now. Uh, this run basically started in 2017. Rahal's been on this book since Kibblesmith uh, wrapped his first run with Kano back with issue five. Uh, and Rahal's run has just been equal parts heartfelt, humorous, and sometimes just downright weird. I realize most people don't know much about Quantum and Woody, but it's uh, it's a pair of brothers. They both have powers due to a lab accident. Um, one of them basically shoots lasers, pew pew. The other one can do like force fields, and they have these special power dampener bracelets that have to be clanged together every twenty four hours, or they both just uh, just evaporate, and they basically just well they demolecularize, I suppose. So that's so low, sense, low, stake, yeah. low stakes on that. Thing, it's yeah. like most it's it's like it is for most siblings, and we, we're all yep. familiar with it. <laughs> sure, I remember. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> that was my childhood as well. Yeah, yeah, everyone had this happen, right? Um so basically I, I really enjoyed this issue and, and up to this point in Ray Hall's run, you had the the two uh, end up in this place called the Otherverse, which was like an alternate dimension. Uh, they got out of there, but then they realized that some elements of the Otherverse actually seeped into their um, quote-unquote normal reality, including the fact that Quantum, or his real name, Eric, Eric ended up with a wife in this alternate reality. Uh, Woody ended up with a therapist. Basically, they both got what they needed, I suppose, would be what some people would say. I don't know. Um, uh, the bad news is it also carried through the, um, this alternate universe, this bad guy called Infomercial, who can warp reality, and he's just has a penchant for shitty TV catchphrases. So he's just, like, changing all of this weird stuff and then just shouting stuff like, got milk, basically. Uh, it's weird. Um, and this issue surrounds the fact that they find a way to trap infomercial nick that spoilers look it's it's a superhero comic book it's it's gonna happen uh they they trap him but then gate which is the global agency for threat excision basically this government group says like you two are really irresponsible and if we're trusting you <laughs> with keeping infomercial from coming back uh we feel like you need a chaperone too um and Quantum and Woody are like, yeah, what does that mean? And, and Gate is like, yeah, what that means is we're pretty much going to put you in like a black site surveillance bunker for the rest of your lives because we can't take any chances because you two are just that bad. Uh, they're like, the only thing we're going to maybe let you do is have you let you have a tryout with Valiant's version of uh, the Justice League, which is called Unity. And they're like, 
And then Exo, who's from Unity, shows up and he's like, "Yeah, so basically you're foisting him off on you're foisting them off on us, right?" And Gates like, "Yeah, that's basically what's happening." So, uh, it was interesting. It, it ends on a pretty crazy note. I'm really interested to see what happens with these characters in the future. Uh, I would definitely recommend Quantum and Woody to people who want to try some Valiant. That's relatively standalone, relatively a little bit more humorous than some of their books, but I read that. Uh, I also read Ninja K number 14. Again, common thread here. Also the fa- final issue of a Valiant series I've been sitting on for a month or two. Uh, this is written by Christos Gage, uh, penciled by Roberto De La Torre, um, colors by Jose Villarubia. Uh, this was an interesting run because Gage found a way to come up with a fundamentally different tone and take on Colin King, aka Ninjak, than that of Matt Kent's two-plus-year run that ended probably not that far, bef- not that long before Gage's run. Um, Gage managed to steep his issues in Valiant Canon, uh, some of which played off of storylines and events that dated several years back, including Harbinger Wars 2. Um, he also sort of tried to delve into Ninjak's attempt to have some sort of a personal-slash-private life. Um, it, it was really interesting because I think a lot of people felt that they were just trying to cash in on Matt Kint's run and that it was just going to be sort of a, you know, whatever, a cash grab. And it, it was, it was actually a lot better than that. So, um, yeah. Cool. Well, as, as we all know, attempts to give a superhero some kind of normal life always go well. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm course. sure we can count on so. no drama coming from that. Uh, what about you, Kate? What'd you read this week? Um, everything I've read lately has been pretty good. So either I've gotten lucky or comics are just exceptionally good right now. But I say that and the comics that I've been reading have been out for at least a month because I'm still quite behind from when I moved. Um, so I read I, uh, Isola number six, as well as a prologue that came free with the issue, which was pretty great. It also came with a sticker and like the signed book plate slash illustration, I'm planning to put it on the wall in my new condo at some point. Um, I guess the prologue did come in installments at the end of Motor Crush issues in 2017, but I felt like compiling the prologue and releasing it separately was a really good move because I'm still not entirely sure what's going on in Isola, even though I keep buying it because it's beautiful and I really do like the characters and the interactions. But this prologue really informed why Elwyn and Rook, the the characters in the book, left the capital city um, before the opening of issue number one. And it also included what their relationship was at that time. And I feel like that really filled in some gaps that I had. Um, There's also this really great moment in um, issue number six where Rook locks eyes with this guard and you're like, oh, no, something's bad. Something bad is going to happen. And there's a panel where he's staring at her and there's a panel where she's staring at him. And in the next panel, he pours himself a cup of coffee with his gigantic man hands. And it's very similar to the interaction that Brian, you and I have pretty much every Sunday morning. <laughs> of me stumbling out and you just like silently pouring a cup of coffee. Yep. <laughs> Um, I also finally started on the Goodreads Reading Challenge for this year, and I read Fence Volume 1. We've talked about this in the show before, but I wanted to add that it really reminded me of the Drops of God, because there's basically a son trying to prove his skills because his dad was a huge success in this field. And in the Drops of God, that's wine, and in Fence, it's fencing. So this this volume ended on a cliffhanger, so I guess I'm just going to have to read the next volume. Oh, well... (laughs) But it was good. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. We we definitely don't recommend mixing wine and fencing. Yeah, that's Those probably not, a bad uh, idea. Similar comics, but very different activities. <laughs> What'd you read? Well, like Kate, I've been picking up uh, my giant stack of comics that I have been, you know, not reading. Uh, I got Life is Strange numbers three and four. Um, that's... Emma Viacelli on words and Claudia Lenardi on illustrations. From what I can tell, this is supposed to be the end of the first arc. And there is definitely a certain final tone to the last issue. I don't know if it's 
the ending I wanted necessarily. Um, I think that a lot of readers might be not unhappy with the ending, but perhaps unsatisfied. It sort of feels like like it was a four-issue miniseries that had to end at issue four. <laughs> and so it, I, I think that it might have benefited from another issue kind of fleshing things out a little bit. Uh, but I did find out that in May there is going to be another issue coming out. It looks like this is actually turning into an ongoing series. Oh, so that's good. That's pretty exciting because I'm a big fan of the game and I've really been enjoying this comic series as well. I was uh, just fans about to... Have, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. No, you. Please. I was going to say, uh, it's yeah, that's that's interesting that they're going to continue it. I, I sort of figured that that was going to end up being a miniseries. It's always weird with properties like this, just like how much narrative freedom they have mm-hmm. in terms of like <laughs> the the people making the game saying like, look, you can't do this or you, you can't mess with that because we don't know where the franchise is going. Although like, is are there plans for another... How many of these games are there at this point? Two? So there, there is a second game, yeah. but it involves entirely different characters in a different Due to the, scenario. Is that because of the whole voice actor union issue? No, that was they did a prequel where well, Ashley Ashley Birch was not able to come back right. due to the voice actor strike. Um, and so they just recast somebody else who did a pretty good job. Okay. Um, but in this case, no. It's uh, you're you're following these these two brothers who have to flee their home in the Pacific Northwest and try to get to Mexico in the second oh. game. Okay. Um. I I don't know if issue number five is necessarily going to continue the story from the first four issues. Uh, from what I've been able to find online, it looks like it might be picking up a completely different thread. Uh, all I was able to figure out is that it does seem to be still following Max and Chloe, the characters from the first Life is Strange game. Sure, sure. Um, and this game kind of plays, the game and the the comic play around with the idea of different timelines enough that they kind of have free reign to do whatever they want. And you can always just write it off as a another timeline. timeline. Yeah. Uh, anybody who's interested in this series and didn't pick up the single issues, I know the collection is coming out, I think, May 21st of this year. And that's from Titan, right, I think? Correct. Yep, that's a Titan book. Okay. I also caught up on Wicked and Divine, so I can finally go to our, our Discord group and look at those spoilers. <laughs> ruining anything for myself. Uh, definitely not what I expected. Uh, of course, I, I gave up trying to predict that book a long time ago. I was going to say, like, w- Wictiv is usually not juxtaposed with the phrase, totally saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read it, but I know that most people's uh, take on issues is usually just abject horror or shock or, or needing a, a place to vent. Um, Confusion. Yeah. So yeah. it's Brian, like, you know, that... I'm just going to take a nice casual afternoon, you know, put on some coffee and, and just read Wictiv, you know? Yeah, and be completely, like, emotionally fine at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, was that the last issue that you read? No, I think there's at least two more issues coming out. Um, but you can definitely tell that things are coming to a head, which is a great pun if you've been reading yeah. Wictiv. I'm behind, but I understand the pun. <laughs> there, there are a lot of heads involved in this book. Like, we don't heads have time d- for me to go into d- it. Uh, detached or yeah, yeah, yeah just okay. Kind of independent heads. <laughs> All right, so it's much in the line of the yeah, yeah, yeah song. So that's that's heads will roll for those. Um, okay, yeah. I, I was okay. going to ask because all I, I know is maps. I don't know. Any of those. <laughs> That's most people. <laughs> That's, That's okay. true. Kate, Kate has never heard music before. <laughs> this, uh, po- this podcast just took a turn. <laughs> yeah. So everybody, go ahead and at Kate on Twitter and uh, yeah. give her music to listen to. We don't want we don't want to handle the insurmountable task of explaining that all to her on our own. So we're we're putting that to you, Twitter and Discord and and everyone else. How much music Absolutely. can there possibly be in the world? It should only take me a few hours to catch up. 
Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. I mean, there <laughs> there are only so many combinations, really, of you know eighth notes and half notes. It's they're gonna run out. So yeah, <laughs> let's skip ahead. Let's go ahead and uh, jump into what we're looking forward to. Comics this week come out on Wednesday, March sixth. Uh, Kate, let's start with you. What are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to Die Number 4, which will surprise no one. We've talked about this a lot on the show. Um, This is just a beautiful book. I'm completely blown away by every single issue, every single panel. I'm not that familiar with um, Stephanie Hans as the artist. I'm not that familiar with her work, and she is just phenomenal. Um, This is written by Kieran Gillen, um, similar to Wictiv. He also wrote wrote Wictiv. Um, And I'm just looking forward to more, and I can't imagine a day when I will not continue to hope for more. Do we know when the first arc of this is wrapping? I assume it's got to be soon, right? I have no idea. It feels like it's just starting, so I can't I can't fathom there being like a, a full arc anytime like completed anytime soon. Oh but, okay. um hmm. yeah, we'll see. I really have no idea where this this story is going. It's great world building, but I I can't pick up any anything where that it's predictable. <laughs> I'm constantly right, that surprised. It's, that by it's everything, moving towards so. some sort of break. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one, one assumes that it's probably going to follow the typical five or six issue arc format, but who knows? Yeah, I can't, I can't see there being a a complete. Kieran Gillen's just going to break with that. He's just going to bring. He's just going to yeah. bring in like the nine issue arc. Right. Yep. Yeah, we're just going to skip right ahead to those like like fifteen issue giant books that they that they do <laughs> oh, instead of oh, the volumes no. that are only. Like I, I, I say so. I say this only because I know that they said that they're not gonna the um the role playing game instructions and whatnot won't come out until the first arc is done. So Which I just has know to everyone's be like issue number twenty or something. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I hope so not funny. though. I do want to play this game. It, it I'll say sound. in twenty twenty two we'll be playing this game. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Nick, what are you excited for? Well, much like you, Kate, this is not going to surprise anyone. And much like your selection, it's it's from a, a a book that usually tends to find its way onto this show quite a bit. I'm really excited for Black Hammer 45, number one. This is going to be written by Jeff Lemire and Ray Fox, drawn by Matt Kint, colors by Charlene Kint. So it's just a bunch of names I like. I'll say uh, that's an all star cast, right? Yeah, there. and and then and then Ray Fox. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is the fourth spinoff since the original series began in 2016. Uh, I don't really consider Age of Doom a... I just consider Age of Doom a natural continuation of the main book. Um, and this is the first to actually have a shared writing credit. Uh, yeah, it's true. I wasn't really crazy about Ray Fox's work on Constantine, and I thought Gotham by Midnight was okay. I think both made me more of a fan of Juan Ferreira, the artist, than anything else. Um, I did think um, that uh, Fox's work on Bloodshot Salvation was pretty good, um, and I'm also just a pretty big believer in Jeff Lemire's guiding hand over this franchise on the whole. The level of quality control has just been insane, uh, and you know, of course, I can't speak to Fox's uh, personal original uh books like some of the stuff he's done it for image so i i can't speak to that in all honesty um the book in question uh takes place at the height of world war ii as the name indicates um and the black hammer squadron will take on quote uh, uh nazis occult threats and the ghost hunter their ultimate aerial nemesis um it reminds me a lot of um the tuskegee airmen during world war ii because this is also a group of um, uh, a squadron that's all uh, made up of African Americans um, and Comics Beat said that it should have plenty of homages to the war comics of like Joe Cooper and Irv Novick um, I'll admit that like this is not really an era or time in comics that I'm that familiar with or really well versed in at all but it does give me like a really strong challengers of the unknown vibe from from DC so I'm interested to see what happens with Jeff Lemire pulling back just just a little from that usual ironclad grip that he has had on this whole thing up until this point. So, yeah, I don't know if it was Hellboy's influence or what, but whenever something is described as dealing with like World War II Nazi occultism stuff, 
yeah. I, I'm immediately interested. Well, yeah, it's 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 hard to deny the fact that Hellboy sort of has an ironclad grip on that too. Um, so it's nice to see someone trying uh, to to do that as well. Someone else, at least. What what about you, Brian? What are you? What what's your pick? Uh, well, this one is uh, it's a new number one coming out from Marvel. Uh, Star Wars Vader Dark Visions number one. This looks like it's going to be a five issue miniseries. Okay. This is brought to us by writer Dennis Hopeless and illustrator Paolo Villanelli. Okay. Villanelli, perhaps. Um, was this the one the, Wendig was on and then the whole kerfuffle happened? Uh, possibly. Okay. I, okay. I, I only know a little bit about what happened with the whole Wendig situation. Same, same. I, I just know that he was on a Vader book and then wasn't. I didn't know if that was this or not. Yeah, because Marvel didn't like him cussing on Twitter. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the description I saw of this, uh, I saw the quote, there are some corners of the galaxy so dark and desperate that even Vader can be a knight in shining armor. <laughs> to which I say, okay, how? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Talking I, a big I, game, Marvel. Yeah, like it's it's one of those things where he's definitely like a genocidal child murderer. So right. I, his 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 CV is a little is a little iffy. Yeah, yeah. It's bleak. The yeah. man has done many many bad things, and I'm. Yeah. I think that put that shit in Ariel, com- man. It'll it'll do you some favors. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I I think he's a very compelling character, and I think that this could be a really good book. Uh, I'm just I'm always nervous about things that make these characters out to be like misunderstood good guy-ish figures. Right. Like Star Wars, you know, for better or worse, is a very black and white series or universe. You know, there's mm-hmm. there is no moral ambiguity in the original Star Wars. And I like Vader as this villain who is eventually redeemed, but whose villainy is villainous. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can't have redemption if you don't have someone who is not actually uh, a bad guy at, at one point. Um, yeah, Marvel and, and, and Vader comics sort of have this, I feel like, this tricky relationship of, one, the need to have him around and, and up in the forefront like constantly because he's just such a uh, strong design, powerful character, very popular uh, alongside the fact that it's like, what is there left to do? I mean, I've enjoyed Charles Souls' Charles Soul's run, but when they were like, hey, do you want to figure out how Darth Vader got his lightsaber? And I'm like, I, I feel like we're kind of grasping at straws a little bit when it's like, this is the corner we've carved out. I, I, I've, I still enjoyed it, but it was sort of the initial premise was like, I feel like you think I'm going to, like, bite at this concept more than 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 i am yeah is it is it perhaps too much vader too quickly yeah exactly exactly maybe we should let vader take a breather it 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 is weird that like of you know there's not exactly a massive amount of star wars marvel books out there and vader has already had two completely separate runs like that's interesting in addition to the Vader down crossover yeah. arc. Yeah. And I assume he's been showing up as a villain in the Star Wars comics. I I didn't pick those up from the beginning, and I'm the type where if I miss the first couple issues, I just never pick it up. <laughs> you know, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, one assumes that Darth Vader has made his presence known in that book. Yeah, he, he has. He has. So. So we'll see. I mean, like I said, I'm... I'm very interested to see where this goes, and since, since it's only a five-issue mini, then, you know, I can't really look away from that. Yeah. The cover yeah. of issue one is also insane. Uh, it's got, like, Darth Vader on some kind of nightmare horse holding a shield <laughs> with the Imperial <laughs> logo on it. Brian, did you not draw this yourself? Is this, like... Did you like wake up at three a.m. and like a, in a fever dream, just like sketch this, and you found it this morning, and you're like, "Who did this?" I'm not saying that there wasn't like a medieval Europe uh, AU fanfic somewhere kicking <laughs> around in my head, but yeah, yeah, no. Somehow this uh, 
this is here just to like scratch that itch of mine, I guess. All right, yeah, I'm 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 excited to see where that goes. I I do think Marvel has understood with some of these characters and whatnot that uh, sometimes stories only need a miniseries. So I I appreciate that. So this week, we are here to talk about digital platforms for enjoying comic books. As we creep into the future, I know a lot of people are switching to a digital service one of one kind or another, uh, whether it's for space reasons or just the convenience of always having your collection on hand. Uh, there's plenty of reasons. Uh, so today, we're just going to kind of get sit down and talk about you know what services we've used or what platforms we've enjoyed for reading comics so i guess uh first question is uh of the many that you guys have listed in our show notes here do you have a favorite i use hoopla all the time and it's free through my library i mean i pay taxes but (laughs) i don't have to pay extra for this service which is one of the reasons that i love it and hoopla has a huge database basically the way that this works is that libraries kind of pay to use the service but they're accessing hoopla's collection so like my my the things that I can pick from are going to match the things that like like Mike can pick from in New York um, as as far as I understand it. So it's not limited by what your library has purchased independently. And this is really great if you're looking for something that has been out for even just a little while because with Boom um, Boom Studios especially, I've noticed that Hoopla will even have the in- individual issues as well as whatever collected volumes have been out. So this is the first place that I go if I want to read something that has already been out for a little while. And I, I think probably close to three quarters of the things that I look for on Hoopla are there. Um, there are some limitations to this, though. It's kind of an expensive service for your library to use. So we here in Grand Rapids, I think we have a limit of something like six checkouts a month or something, which I think doesn't it's five. Okay, yeah. it's not very many, and they had to reduce it even um, recently from I think nine because it is it is quite pricey. Um, wow. But as long as you're checking out. Um, volumes, I think that that's fine. I mean, I probably don't read more than six volumes in a month anyway. (laughs) Didn't someone Uh, say on the show that that's exactly what you need to be careful about because single issues and and volumes count the same, so you need to get your mileage, basically. Right, yep. And I I was zooming through the Lumberjanes like a couple of years ago, back when we had nine checkouts a month, and I would I would read all of those in a night. So the yeah, good old you do days, kind of have yeah. to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I days. believe I believe that there's also a limit of how many books can be checked out for the entire library system in a day. So there's been times toward the end of the month where everybody is trying to use up their monthly credits that I'll I'll try to check out something at nine o'clock at night on the on the thirtieth of the month and it'll it'll say something about all of the checkouts for your library have been used for this month. So if it's toward the end of the month, you might want to get on there. Well, it's a, early it's in the a, morning. It's a daily limit, not a monthly limit. Okay. So it'll be like. X number of people can check out X number of books in a given day. So I'd get that a lot towards the beginning of the month. If I was checking something out late in the day, they would just say, you know, sorry, your library has no borrows left for today. Try again tomorrow. Gotcha. Oh, it's based on, oh, that's weird. So you, you can't even like sort of self relegate or keep track of your own. I mean, records i guess that doesn't necessarily guarantee you success is what i'm saying yeah um, like even if you personally have borrows left for the month right. if your library systems number of daily checkouts has been reached then you're kind of just left to try again tomorrow oh. yeah this doesn't i haven't had that happen to me a whole lot i mean it, i yeah, have a bad it's, habit. it's happened to me two or three times yeah in years um, I have a bad habit of, of laying in bed and wanting to read something at like 1130 at night. So <laughs> I like if I hadn't Kate checked it out. considers that like a bad habit. Hey, it's like 11 <laughs> and I want to read a book. Am I committing a crime? <laughs> well, I mean, if I read one, I have to read two and then it's two o'clock in the morning, right? 
Uh, that I understand, yes. <laughs> but, uh, I come upstairs from playing video games and say, Kate, are you still awake? <laughs> yeah, so every once in a while I'll get that, that error message at, you know, 11.30, but if it's 11.30, I'll wait until midnight and let it reset. <laughs> I'm, I'm but, just really impressed, and, and maybe it's just, I mean, it's. I, I'm sure you've probably looked up some pretty obscure fare on here. You You said you're success rate is about 75%? Probably close to that. I mean, okay. I I also, well, I was going to say cuz you were making it sound like this is a lot like Netflix where um yeah. you 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 take you, you take your chances or I mean, I guess when I say Netflix, I mean it in terms of like like for example, my mom doesn't understand that like if she ever thinks of a movie or someone tells her about a movie, she's like, "I'm going to go look it up on Netflix." And I have to go, "Oh, it it doesn't it doesn't kind of I hate not to break it to you there. but and she's like but it has everything I'm like it's not the library of of, of Alexandria okay it's yeah. there are there are limits so right yeah so and that's I'm the I'm same. just impressed you're saying seventy five that's well wow. that's of the things that I look for on there because I I know that some super obscure things probably aren't going to be on there and I'll like right. things I have to request over the Melcat system and I and I know that that they're like translated or really old or something i don't even bother looking for that kind of thing on hoopla but if it's especially if it's from boom they have everything from boom um i think that marvel kind of reduced its collection that's available on there because they have their own system i think the fanographics has a lot that's on there they also have a ton of like movies and ebooks and tv shows and music so their database is very large and most libraries have this system at this point at least in the u.s so. With the caveat that your X number of borrows per month is for everything, yeah. not just for comics. Sure. So if okay. you check out a movie, that's one of your, your five or six per month. It sounds like you have to make hard, tough choices. It sounds like I'm out. <laughs> this sounds terrible. Uh, <laughs> do I want to watch this movie or do I need to read this comic? But who knows what I'm going to be wanting to look at in two months or you know two weeks. Okay, interesting. Yeah, this this is just a really great way to save some money and then not have to like leave your house to read <laughs> some comic that came out two months ago because it's probably on here. Okay. I mean, this is a dumb question, but much like Netflix, I assume this is not a database that only gets bigger and bigger. It is one that adds and subtracts items. I haven't, other than when Marvel opened up its its own system, I haven't noticed that their their system necessarily subtracts things. I yeah. have noticed. I mean, I guess that- maybe you wouldn't, unless like you. I mean, I'm only thinking of the scenario where it's like you you want to read a book, you're out of borrows, you say, okay, I'll just read it another time and you remember like a month later and all of a sudden it's not there anymore i don't I, think that, i don't know yeah i don't think there would be necessarily that be that big of a turnaround maybe they they remove things that are years and years old but from what i can tell they they have a pretty long contract with some of the, at least the publishers that i tend to read okay um, regarding their regarding their titles how, how do you feel about their their interface like their app or their website are those you think yeah. those are pretty easy to use or I mean, I've gotten so used to it that it's pretty much my standard now. It's basically a, a side swipe system. It it does download if you if you're using the app from your phone or a tablet, it does download the comic onto your device. At least it does for me. I have noticed that if you try to read something on a on a desktop, it won't download. You don't even have the option. And I think that that's probably to avoid piracy as much as possible, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, so it does take up some space on my, I have it downloaded to a, a micro SD card on my tablet. So that takes a little bit of time and you kind of have to plan for that. Like if you're going to go on a road trip or something, you've got to download things first. So that's a little bit frustrating, but I haven't run into that very often. I mean, now that I know that that's a requirement, I just plan ahead a little bit and sometimes I'll download way more than I need to <laughs> in preparation. <laughs> but I, I you, like You the, do keep these for what, three weeks? Yeah. It does. Oh. It will automatically check out um, as long as your device is connected to the internet. But I think that there is a renewal option and a, re- a renewal button if you open up the the book page uh, from your device once you once you've checked it out. So this is. I mean, it's just a once you have the comic downloaded, it's just you know side swipe. It loads pretty quickly um, on my device at least, and. You can, if you just tap on the screen, it'll pull up and tell you what page you're on, and it'll show you like a graph of how, or a, a progress bar of how far you are along in the comic. 
Yeah, you can actually use that bar to slide through the book, too. Yeah. If you want to, like, go back to a certain area in the beginning. Yeah, and it loads pretty so, quick. Yeah, and it's, it saves you from having to, like, swipe your way back through all those pages. Uh, I also use Cloud Library's system a little bit. There's not... Uh, cloud Library or OverDrive is probably the the main checkout digital system that your library uses. And I finally tested it to see how similar it was to Hoopla. And it seems to be quite a bit slower, um, but it does, exp- I mean, it expands your selection if you're trying to, to read through library uh, primarily. It, did, um, it didn't have nearly the same, the same selection though, because this is a system where your library has to own the rights to carry that file. It's definitely more of a system that's meant for ebooks and audiobooks that also happens to have some comics. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it was really slow to load. I don't, um, but it did. Uh, it also downloaded to my device. Um, I also t- checked out Shonen Jump because Mike and Renee have both talked about this system before, and I've I've never. I've never checked it out before, but it has a ton of manga, which I do have an interest in. So I finally got on their website and I downloaded the app uh, to check that out. And it looks like even without an account, I was able to access the first three chapters of, of the books that I looked at. I didn't look at everything. And then as well as the most recent three chapters. So I read uh, Food Wars chapter one this way uh, as research for this. <laughs> Which was a strange book. <laughs> That's the one where like stuff tastes so good that it knocks the clothes off people, right? Yep. Yeah, that happened uh, pretty immediately. And um, oh gosh. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep reading this. It's very strange in a way that didn't interest me so much. But anyway, so as as the program works, as it turns out. If you have to read a book by turning the pages left instead of right, you also have to progress through the file left instead of right, which I um, oh. tried to do incorrectly about five times before it occurred to me that you had to go the other direction, which makes perfect sense. I was just there trying to swipe the wrong way for like a minute. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I didn't notice any search options in this app. But that might be because I, I didn't have an account and I, I maybe I wasn't paying for it. Maybe that's a that's a paid uh, mm. function. So like uh, no way no way to look for a given book. You had to like browse yeah, for it. Not that I not that I could find. I mean, I only tested this enough to see how the reader was. I didn't necessarily play around a whole lot. I mean, they've got to imagine that they have to have one. I just couldn't find it. So the. It's it's very cheap. I looked at how much a subscription to this. It's kind of an online magazine, I think, um, or it used to be in magazine form. Ask Renee. I'm not. <laughs> Renee's talked about this before, but anyway, it's twenty five dollars a year for a subscription to access all of the ongoing books through the system that Shonen uh, produces as well as an archive of at least 10,000 chapters. So that's what makes me think there has to be a search function is because how would you find <laughs> right. something from 10 years ago if it didn't have a search function? Anyway, so there is also a seven-day free trial if you wanted if you were considering making a paid account, and there's a limit of 100 chapters a day. And let me tell you, that's not a limit. I would never be able to read 100 chapters of a manga in a day. I know that they're shorter, but it still took me, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes to read this one chapter because I was also checking out the art and stuff. Maybe not the close-off panels, but (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't speed reading this book. How would you read 100 chapters in a day and also, like, eat and sleep? Anyway, um... There is Nick. a search function, too. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. I'm glad that you could <laughs> oh, it. Maybe I was too distracted by food wars and the... <laughs> the lack of clothing all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, if you want to start reading manga, you're going to have to get used to that. Man, that's why I don't check out things from the adult section uh, of the manga at the physical library is because I've Oof. noticed that if it's in the adult section, there's automatically going to be nudity. So I just don't get manga from that area anymore 
Uh, anyway, Nick, do you have any platforms you like to use? Uh, yeah, there's there's a few. Um, I think most people uh, who listen to this show are familiar with Humble Bundle, but I guess there are a few things about it that even the more, I guess, avid consumer of it maybe don't know. So I'll, I'll go over that a little bit. Um, Humble Bundle, humblebundle.com, obviously. Um, it's really great if you're looking for a cost-effective method to get your hands on DRM-free comics. Uh, as we've sort of hinted at already, uh, for those unaware, DRM-free means that you can't just literally download the files um, and put them in whatever PDF reader you want uh, without any restrictions. If there's DRM, they might require you to you, they might require you to use a proprietary app or something like that in order to read it to deal or to deal with or to cut down on any form of piracy. Um, so the issue with Humble Bundle, much like it sounds like the issue with um, Hoopla is a little bit, is that it's not completely on demand. Like, if you're looking for something specific, there's not a 100% guarantee that you're going to be able to get it. The bundles sort of... They, they can coincide with either, like, the return of a series or the relaunch of a franchise or a book's adaptation to the big or smaller screen. But you can't simply say, gee, I'd like to get a large amount of, I don't know, Sonic the Hedgehog comics at an absurdly low price. Uh, these things just roll out when they roll out, and you take advantage of it if you want it. Um, most bundles have a couple different tiers that you can pay at. Like I think it's typically like $1, and then maybe like 8 and then maybe like 12 And so depending upon what tier you're willing to pay through, you get more content. Um, not uh, all, what's that? I was going to say humble bundle also will donate part of what you decide to pay to a charity as well. Right. So you can like, let's say that I, there's 20 books in a humble bundle, if up to 20 books, depending on how much you pay. And I really want some of the stuff at that $15 limit. I'll say, well, if there's 20 books, I'll, I'm willing to pay a dollar per book. So I'll put that $20 in at the checkout, and then I can split it between how much the publisher gets, how much Humble Bundle as a company gets, and then how much whatever charity is sponsoring it gets. Right. So most of the time, I, I top load the charity section and then make sure that the, uh, the other options have some, uh, have some cash going their way too. Right. And that's like a big thing that I honestly think a lot of people don't know about. There's a little button you can click when you check out that says, choose where my money goes. So definitely go click that because the default percentages from me messing around with this a bit are that the sponsor gets 60%, the charity gets 15 and Humble Bundle gets 25 And so if you want to change that, go right ahead. I, I would definitely say you know, most people probably would change that if they knew. So so that's something that I would definitely say I would, I would consider. Um, of course, because this is all DRM-free, it does mean that you are going to have to have a quality PDF reader that you like to read this stuff. Or a stuff. CBZ reader. Or a Comic CBZ reader, archive. exactly. And I find that it's a little bit of a clunky... Their content organizer is a little bit clunky to to uh, maneuver, just if you're like literally just grabbing one issue and then grabbing the next issue and grabbing the next issue. So I find it's a lot easier to just whole site offload all of your downloads onto another more intuitive cloud platform service or or onto a hard drive uh, so you're yeah. just not having to keep coming back to this site. Um, yeah, if memory serves too, you have to download each thing one at a time. Yeah. But there's no just yeah. like download all my books button. You have to click the download button for each and every one of your comics, which in some of these cases is, you know, 60, 70 comics. There are some other interesting things about it. I think some people, if you're indecisive and you're like, well, I want to pay for tier two, but I'm unsure about tier three, um, you can totally come back while the Humble Bundle is going on, which all bundles tend to last for two weeks. You can totally come back and top off your bundle at some point if you decide that you want an additional tier. It's it's totally okay. Um, there's no problem with that. Um, there's another sort of variation on a theme of Humble, Humble Bundle, which I'd wager even less people have heard of, and that's called Groupies, G-R-O-U-P-E-E-S. Um, and it's basically Humble Bundle if you 
if you allow for Humble Bundle to have slightly more obscure, lower-profile fare. But they also let you trade stuff. So if you say, say you got like a massive, I don't know, Image Comics bundle, and you're just not a fan of uh, Spawn, I suppose, uh, what you can do at that point is you can take the Spawn issues and you can go to their marketplace and, or what do they call it? I think they call it their um, public trades uh, section. And you can offload it to to someone else for something that you're more interested in. And, and I feel like this is well duh, but of course, you can only trade stuff that you've gotten from groupies. You can't just roll in with some PDFs or something from like Humble Bundle <laughs> or whatever and be like, I don't want these. Uh, it has to be from groupies. And you also have to, it has to be content that hasn't been quote unquote revealed um, I think some, most people know what that means. Like, you can't just read the 30 issues of Archie you have from groupies and then be like, you know what, I'm done with these, I'm going to offload them. Like, if you, uh, tradable content cannot have been opened or downloaded. So as long as you've never touched it, you can trade it. And they've done work with, like, Dynamite, I've seen them do bundles with Valiant, Top Cow, Archie Comics... Uh, again, not like super high profile, like Humble Bundle cut steals with like Image and Dark Horse, but but still relatively big big name publishers. So, I mean, I assume you guys had never heard of it before this point. No, so. no, that's no, I haven't. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to check it out now. Do they are they just comics or are they like Humble where they do like other types of media? They're as well? they're everything. They're everything. I see a lot of Steam game bundles on there. Um, I also see a lot of like software bundles. So like they'll do a video editing software bundle one day or like a, a music engineering bundle the next day. So there's a lot of that stuff, but it doesn't, uh, it tends to not be like big high profile name stuff that you're like, Oh, I'm, eh, you know, Adobe. That's great. So. so, so how long does the bundles on there last? Um, that's a good question. Offhand, I I do think they tend to run longer than Humble Bundle. Um, and they also have an interesting component, which I think Humble used to use, but they don't anymore. Which was that Humble used to have it where if enough people bought the bundle, you would unlock more items for the bundle. And I believe they abandoned that concept, but Groupie still does it. So the more people who get in on a bundle, the more everybody gets rewarded. I do remember that. That was nice. I think what Humble has switched to doing is unlocking content over time sometimes where they will have. Yeah, they'll be like, like during the second week of the bundle, these things will show up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or, or they won't tell you, but they'll tell you things will show up. They won't spell it out. So, um, yeah, so I've. Oh, go ahead, Kate. I was just going to ask if you had any other uh, platforms that you've used. Um, yeah, for for the show, I actually used the the Dark Horse app. I, I'd heard in the past that they have their own thing, and they do. Uh, their app hasn't been updated in like two years, I believe, oh, no. which was already <laughs> kind of like, that's like a right out of the gate time to be like a Red little flag. scared. <laughs> um, it's not the slickest thing ever. I downloaded a free Hellboy sampler just to give it a whirl. Um, it does have a guided view component. It does feel very basic. It sort of feels like a stripped down version of guided view. At some points, it's like in desperate need of like a zoom in or it needs to continue panning at the same level of zoom, but it just goes ahead after a panel and just arbitrarily pans out. Um, and some readers will have to cope with a pixelated image that takes a second or two to come into focus. I think I have seen this on occasion with with um, Comixology as well. The problem is with the Dark Horse app, I've occasionally had these like pixelated images not come into focus, and instead they just lock, like they lock into place there, and I have to reboot the the book in order to get it to Ugh. to adjust. So that was kind of not cool. Uh, that being said, 
the app and their website do offer up some fantastic package deals called Mega Bundles, and they pretty much rival deals I've seen anywhere else. They're really, really good. It's just a question of whether or not you want your digital collection scattered across another provider that utilizes DRM or requires a proprietary app. And I think this is really like the big thing for me and sort of the the thing that comiXology really just lords over us with is the fact that uh, if you want to be able to get whatever content you want, when you want it, on demand from umpteen billion publishers, and you want it all in one place, like, that's what Comixology does really, really well. Otherwise, it's like, hey, you better go download all your content from Groupies and down, download all your content from Humble Bundle. And if you want to use Starcourse, you got to open up their app. And if you want to use Valiant, you got to open up their app. And I mean, I, maybe that doesn't bother some people. For me, it is a little irksome. Or if you're like me, you buy Humble Bundles and then forget about them and then yeah. discover oh, a yeah. folder of comic books that you didn't know you had. Yeah, sometimes I like to go into my Humble Bundle library and just have, like, look at this photograph play as I just leaf through pages and pages of things where I'm like, I remember that. I thought that was going to be something I was going to look at. Yeah, I've I've taken to checking Humble Bundle before I even check Hoopla to see if I already own something that I forgot about. <laughs> oh, God, that always terrifies me. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, God, do I have this? Man, first world problems. <laughs> Right, exactly. Can't but, believe I used one of my free library borrows on something that I already own. It, it it is interesting that it does feel like all of these things ultimately do come down to a comparison with Comixology, which I don't think is an accident. Yeah. Uh, I, I do really, really love Comixology a lot. It does have, in my mind, a few shortcomings. Uh I mean, this is like tinfoil hat Nick, which I guess for some people that's probably like, what is not tinfoil hat Nick? But obviously certain publishers, I shouldn't say obviously, maybe some people don't know this. Certain publishers have a deal with Comixology that allows them to provide DRM-free books. So if you, for example, are buying Valiant from Comixology or, or Image, you're allowed or able to download a PDF or CBZ of things that you buy so you can have a DRM-free copy. And for Tinfoil Hat Nick, that's great because uh, I'm still living in that semi-constant state of fear that, like, what happens when when Comixology gets bought by... I mean, who am I kidding? They're owned by Amazon. That that scenario isn't happening. <laughs> but maybe with some of these smaller companies, you have this fear of what happens if this gets bought or the company gets merged or something happens and the service shuts down. Um, or even on a slightly, slightly more possible slash this has actually happened level, what happens when the rights... Um, uh, expire on something or due to a lawsuit, something comes into contention. Um, I had a, I think a, there was a video game on like Xbox Marketplace, for example, and they got sued by another developer for illegal use of a game engine. And then they had to remove their game. And if you had that game on Marketplace and you didn't have it downloaded to your hard drive at the time that this happened, they just erased it from Marketplace. So even if you owned that game, you no longer have it. And and we've seen this with other things. Um, uh, iTunes music, um, digital movies, et cetera, et cetera. Something comes into contention or something expires or there's a lawsuit. And next thing you know, content that you quote unquote owned disappears. And I know, Nick, this is a conspiracy theory. Grandpa, it's time to go to bed. You know, <laughs> haven't you had your nightcap? But um I always feel better when I'm not dealing with this situation where it's quote unquote, where it's you're not, not really possible. buying things. You're just yeah. technically renting things indefinitely. You like so. to be in a situation where it's not possible for someone to take something back from you. Right. I just really want to just take every, all my digital content and like hoard it in a, in a Scrooge McDuck ducktails sort of looking, uh, oversized safe that i can swim in so uh, sit in your pile of hard drives full of humble bundles <laughs> all of these are mine uh, <laughs> and i'll never look at them uh <laughs> except that you know with how big hard drives are that's like one hard drive yeah yeah so it's, it's just, just me Nick diving a into a, it's me just diving into a massive vault with one flash drive at the bottom and just breaking my neck <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it's how he would have wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's always like my probably one of my few issues with like something like comicsology is just that anxiety of like I own this, but I don't own this. Uh, but beyond that, I, I do really love Guided View, and I do love the fact that with Guided View, if it's a book that just doesn't seem to be lending itself to Guided View, you can pull it out of Guided View, which uh, is great when when needed. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with Comixology, it's, a, it's comixology.com, it's owned by Amazon, and you can go in there and you can buy the individual issues or volumes um, they run a lot of sales so you could keep an eye on the sales if you're looking for something in particular um, but the unlimited service where you have access to everything is only $5.99 a month and that's a really good deal if you are going to otherwise spend a lot of money on the individual things that you could buy <laughs> and, right and also grants access to their exclusives too yep. the stuff yep. that they're publishing uh, in house yeah didn't Heathen start that way? Uh, I, I, I don't think so. Okay. Um, well, some really good, some really good things come out of there. I've heard. Yeah. Well, I mean that Delver book that everyone's been talking about just rolled out of that that service. That um, the one Brian, weren't you talking about that? Yeah, I actually I, I forgot to bring it up on the episode that I was on after I read it, but it's a it's definitely a good read. Um, Mar- uh, Brian, can you talk a little bit about Marvel Unlimited? Oh, yeah. I, I, I subscribed to that, uh, f- gosh, a couple of years ago now. Uh, so I can't really speak to its current state, but when I was using it, uh, I used it primarily for their like their $10 a month or whatever it was subscription service where you could go back and read their backlog. Um, the platform itself was fine. I mean, it's kind of, kind of like Hoopla, where, you know, it, it's, it served the purpose of allowing me to read this comic book. It had a kind of guided view that's really more just like skipping from panel to panel, which works well until you get, you know, things that aren't, things that don't things fit Things that require into, curating, yeah. Right. So you'll get a thing where somebody is like, a character is standing in front of a bunch of panels or something for a big splash. And in this case, you would just see like bits and pieces of that character in each page. And it wouldn't actually, it wouldn't do the zoom out thing that comiXology does where in those cases, it'll like zoom out and show you the full thing. And then as you swipe through, it'll bring you back in and show you the guided view of each panel to make sure that you can actually read what you're looking at. But you know, as somebody who does most of their reading on an iPhone, <laughs> definitely Brian. No, definitely had to be zoomed in. Do you guys like Guided View? Oof, I I I think with the right books, it works. Like yeah. depending upon sort of the panel layouts and organization of things, I I think it works a lot of times. Uh, I, I I would say. Sp- 75% of the time I'm using guided view regardless of what device I'm on except for computer obviously where I'm just scrolling uh, that is one thing I do absolutely love about comiXology I feel like this is just comiXology gush obsession <laughs> uh, I do love just being able to jump on my computer and unlike my my tablet or my phone I don't have to download the book in, you know in advance I just jump on my computer click what I want to read and it just automatically opens it with their browser reader, which uh, like nobody else really seems to have. And that's, that's a fantastic service. I, I like that a lot. So I don't really like guided view. <laughs> I, yeah, it, I it, it, it depends on the book a lot. And then as it depends for me on the device I'm reading on really, yeah, that's, that's the other true. big thing. I, I do document design, so the layout of a whole page is literally my job. So not so especially if it doesn't have that zoom out feature automatically, I feel like I need yeah. to take a look at every single page. And depending on which um, platform I'm using, it might not do that automatically. So I just don't oh, use totally. guided view because That's I want to I... see the whole page. Yeah, and and I don't think it's turned on by default, but. Comixology users, 
next time you're using the the reader, whether it's um, the app or whether it's the you know the uh, browser reader, just go ahead and start tweaking around, just messing with with the um, the settings. There are some really interesting things you can do. If you don't like the animations in Guided View, you can remove the animations. If you want them uh, faster or slower, you can change that. And as Kate was getting at, if you want to be able to see the full, if you're using Guided View, but at the beginning of a page or at the end of a page, you want to be able to see the full page, which for me is huge. I, I want to see how everything fits together, and I feel like that's one of the few things Guided View takes away unless you make these changes. You can you can you can tweak that. You can add the, uh, either of those functions if you want them. Yeah, my my only gripe with Comixology is that I can't buy books in their app on my iPhone. Yeah, yeah. I I'm sure that there's a reason why, because I I refuse to accept that they just went ah this is hard we just won't do it <laughs> like there there must be some reason I I have no idea what it could be. But from a consumer perspective, it's super annoying to be sitting there on my phone and be like, I want to read this comic. Uh, okay, well, let me switch over to Safari and pull up this website and try to navigate through here and buy this book that I already found. See, Brian, that's perfect for me because I need as many roadblocks between me and my wallet <laughs> as possible. So <laughs> if you can make me go find my computer and dig out my, uh, you know, I, del I deliberately leave my, you know, none of that shit signed in. So I have to dig out my credit card and all of that. Like, if you can at least throw up five or six barriers, maybe the transaction won't happen. Uh, so <laughs> maybe you can save Nick from himself. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, Comixology sales are, are, are fantastic if that's something that somehow someone on someone listening to the show has never heard anyone ever talk about before. So In which case, welcome. I hope you enjoyed your first issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's nice to see you've decided this was a good starting point for you. Um, <laughs> cool. Well any uh, any any closing thoughts on any of these digital platforms? Anything else that we, we missed that you want to get to? I, I just wanted to say that I remember having the distinct thought maybe five to ten years ago that I wish that there was a better way to read comics on the internet, and now there are so many options. Well, in, in that regard, uh, are there any like PDF readers that you guys sort of strongly advocate for? Because obviously we've talked a lot about the importance of DRM-free books, for some of us, I guess at least, um, and... Obviously, within that, we kept saying, you know, you're going to need a PDF reader. Is there something you recommend? Uh, the only thing that I've used, other than a, uh, just the Adobe uh, Reader app, which was, you know, left something to be desired, was the Astonishing sure. Comic Reader. Um, unfortunately, it's not in, in any app store. You have to go to their website to download it. And I don't think that there's an iOS version yet. But for my Android and um, the online version um, and Windows... It's really great. Uh, it can read Z CBZ and PDFs, and I think I've read just JPEGs with it before. I'm not sure, um, but it, oh. if you, it's free unless you want to pay like the 250 to sync it up to your OneDrive or Google Drive or Dropbox or whatever else um, cloud storage, and then you can separate everything into libraries or collections, which is a manual um, thing that you have to do. So that's kind of frustrating. But once you've done that, everything is smooth and easy to read and has a really great um, reading feature okay yeah yeah totally um for me it would probably be on on pc i really like sumatra um the one big problem with that is that it's really only on pc i think right now and that is a that's s-u-m-a-t-r-a and that's a super super stripped down pdf reader just built for speed like all of the stupid functionality that you're going to get with Adobe or any of the other ones where it tries to be a, a fucking Swiss army knife. It, you're a PDF reader. Okay. Like that's it. Uh, it strips away all of that. And it's just really about speed image rendering speed. And that's it. So that's one I like a lot. And then of course on my, um, Amazon tablet. What else am I going to have on that thing but Adobe? So that's yeah. That's just how that game rolls, I suppose. Your, your options so. there are Adobe or go for Your options yourself. there are <laughs> Adobe and then someone's like 11th grade computer science project. 
that has like a two two and a half stars and has been ranked by four people. Yeah, that's that's basically <laughs> it. So cool. Well, I uh, hope everybody enjoyed this episode. You could go ahead and follow us on Twitter if you're so inclined. You can find Kate at Kate Elfier. You can find Nick at Death Star Plans. I'm at Brian Head. You can also follow your usual host, Mike, at Mike Rappin, and the show at IRCB Podcast, where we share comic news, art, sass, and more. You can find us on Goodreads at goodreads.com. Um, we have weekly threads, a really very large community that is wonderful and active. And we just started our March reading, our March book of the month reading uh, group book. <laughs> That's uh, Star Wars Vader. Um, and that discussion is already going. It's only the third of the month. And so far, it's fantastic. You can also find us at ircbpodcast.com, where we have a pronunciation guide and merchandise. We would also encourage you to go ahead and rate and subscribe the show, whether that's on Stitcher, whether that's on iTunes, or whether that's on another service that's not immediately coming to mind. Tell your friends, share the show, and if you haven't rated, why not? It helps us out a ton. I'm freaking serious. I'm not just saying that because Mike told me to say that and then put some exclamation points at the end. It's a big deal. Beyond that, email the show with comments, questions, jokes, whatever, that would be at ircb at destroythesibe.org. We would also love it if you would subscribe to our Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash ircb podcast. We have exclusive audio. We have exclusive articles. We have early access to top of my pile posts on top of other things. And the big thing that's really been a, a, a huge selling point for people getting on board with Patreon right now is that if you get on board right now, you will get to join our exclusive channel on Discord. Things have been uh, really heating up over there, lots of fun discussions, and uh, if you want to get in on that, subscribe to our Patreon. Infinity Shred is the best band in the entire universe. They do all the music for our show. Xander is a wizard who's powered by hugs and confetti. He is our editor. Uh, thank you, Nick and Kate, for joining us. Thank you, audience, for listening. Thank you, Mike, for, you know, just all that all that good, good stuff you do. And until next time, comics are great, and so are you.